so we have a project. We have a project, we call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Marseille View where we debrief the previous Marseille game that happens the day before and today uh, probably against all expectations of the Marseille fans I know everyone's probably had a, a quite a rough night last night and probably morning as well but against all, all expectations we're going to try to keep this podcast on the, the happy tune I'm, I'm sure the rants from, from our speakers are going to come very soon but I, I personally found yesterday's game quite laughable and pretty much another day at the office so we'll probably get into it get into a lot of the actions uh, where it all went wrong for Marseille Marseille lost 4-0 to PSG away um, I personally predicted a 3-0 defeat last week um, but the other speakers actually predicted a draw so they can explain themselves in today's podcast as to why they were so wrong uh, and after we talk a little bit about the PSG game we can I guess discuss a some things about um the upcoming games that are probably gonna look like a giant to surmount and uh, some news around that okay so let's go straight into the game so i'm going to introduce our speakers so today um let's start with the person who was not there last week um so we've got ed for today how are you doing ed i'm all right mate just disappointed about last night yeah difficult one isn't it uh pretty horrific pretty i'm lost for words really I mean, and there's been a lot of gutless performances by this team in the classic, but this was just shocking. I mean, it's nothing you they know. haven't they haven't gotten going us used to. It's our third defeat of the season in in what eleven games. Yeah, but this was just gutless because Icardi and Mbappe just basically ran us round like if it was a disc, disco floor. But, you know, we we looked terrible. We looked sluggish. None of those players. Barmondonda really put in a performance, I could say. Yeah, you tried hard. Jaman couldn't score. I don't know where Benedetto was. I think Benedetto was still stuck in, stuck on the coach. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll probably get into the players a little bit. I think we'll probably have a lot to say. Uh, Definitely don't agree with that. Definitely sorry, don't agree with that, sorry. but we can, we can talk a little bit about that. And our okay. second speaker today is Ben, who was in the London bar representing all the OM fans in England. Uh, how was it last night? Well, I wouldn't say all the OM fans in England, but yeah, there, there, was, there were easily between 40 and 50 of us last night. And to, to, to have organised that and summoned so many people to such a fucking shit show, I felt embarrassed, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You can't control the, the, the performances on the pitch. And I guess we all, we all met up and we all had a good time. That's what matters at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's... It's a shit show. It was a yeah. shit show. I mean, even though yesterday is probably not the best advertisement for the London group, um, I'll do a little bit of a, of a sponsorship for our, for our local uh, local OM Nation London group, or should I not call it OM Nation anymore? Um, 
the Marseille supporters from London usually uh, go to the games on Sundays whenever the game's on at the number one bar in London Bridge, just outside London Bridge Station. So we usually gather about how many is it, Ben? Usually about 10, 10 people, 10, 15 people for the games. Um, but yesterday it was 50 people. Um, so I definitely encourage people to come if they want to just, you know, have a drink with some other Marseille fans. Whether you're French or English, there's, there's a good mixture there and it's quite a good atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, last night, it was quite good last night because the, uh, the, the I mean, I get on well with the bar manager anyway, but he, um, like 10 minutes before the game, he put some OM chants on the speakers. So everybody <laughs> was, was sort of chanting and, and jumping up and down. So it was, yeah, that didn't last very long. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. Um, we, we have a good group of people. There's a core group of people, 10, 15, that, that show up very regularly. And then there's, there's a lot of stragglers that come for the big games. But Every all are welcome, and, and you can bring kids, and you can bring your, your wife if, if she's up for it. Uh, probably not. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I, I brought my girlfriend a couple of times. She enjoyed it. Yeah, so it's all good. But on, on the night like, last night, last night, nobody enjoyed it. So yeah, all right. So well, let's talk about last night. So four 0 defeat probably could have been more, like Ed mentioned. Um, a lot of saves by Mandanda. I had a look at the statistics of this game because, you know, I wanted to kind of dwell before looking at the, watching the game again in its, in its entirety. I wanted to look at the stats and how we performed. And I think if you didn't watch the game and you look at just the stats, you would be foolishly mistaken because there was two completely different games split a bit in the half. And when you actually look at the statistics, yes, we got dominated in terms of position, but, it, you know, you're like, oh, we've had the same number of shots. Um, the, the dribbles won with the same, the tackles made um, were, were about similar. So you think, all right, so maybe PSG were a bit more clinical, but it was overall a 50-50 affair. But that's clearly not what the game actually was. The game was done and dusted at halftime, for, I mean, before halftime. It was it was 4-0 at the 30th minute, and then PSG just sat back and were very happy to just coast on through, to which we couldn't even score. To PSG's basically decided to stop playing for 60 minutes and we didn't manage to score. Well, we didn't. We didn't create, and that's that's our problem. Yeah, well, for well, all well, of our games. I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the talking stick first, Ben, if you want. So, what <laughs> what did you what did you think about yesterday's game? I don't know well, if you want to. I'll, I'll give you the floor. Which, what do you want to talk about? What, what do you want to talk about? I I foolishly predicted the draw last week, and and. Uh, I think what what happened. My, my two main takeaways as, as an overall commentary is PSG are a class above when they turn on the style. If you look at, at numbers at this beginning of this season, Mbappe's come back from injuries on fire. Di Maria, everything he touches is, is just gold at the minute. So he, he was playing. He was just picking our defence apart with beautifully weighted pass after beautifully weighted pass. He got two assists, I think. The, the, the guy's on fire. And when you give him time on the ball and space to pick a pass, he is gonna—he is their playmaker. He is gonna create chances, and, and they're gonna score loads of goals with those front two. So that's that's the main takeaway. The, the second takeaway is, I, I don't want to bash Villas Boas, but I'm, I'm going to be critical of him. He he did he, he tried something which which for me reminds me of what Garcia did when we went away to Monaco and he put out a fucking disgraceful team sheet and we got battered 6-1 and I think we were 4-0 down at half-time in that game as well or 4-1 down and, and yeah AVB kept, got it wrong he got it yes. wrong yes he got it wrong we, we played we played a high line which is fucking suicide against Mbappe you cannot be doing that Ben welcome welcome to the AVB sceptical 
AVB hating club. Welcome at all. I don't hate him. I don't hate him, but he fucked it up. He fucked it up. He got it wrong last night. That defeat, bar bar the performances of the players, which was substandard for a lot of them, and there was no fight. But tactically, it was it was just the complete wrong thing to do away at the Parc des Princes. Well, I'll, I'll at least give you an ordinary, honorary uh, appearance at the, at the AVB hating club. You know, you gave a little speech, <laughs> uh, you know, gave a lecture to all the initiates about how how awful AVB is. But we'll probably stop it then and wait for, for my turn. But Ed, what, what, what did you think about yesterday's game? Ugh. Shocking. Just shocking. Um, I we, we, We've seen a lot of the classics where... You know you're going to get battered or it's not going to look pretty. That was just weak. None of them tried. None of them gave an ounce of effort by the goalkeeper. For as far as I'm concerned, where was the thing? We might as well just stuck 11 waxworks and put Marseille shirts on them because that's how good half of them were. We might as well just turned around the coach when we saw Mbappe with the ball or when Icardi was with the ball or Di Maria. Because we were hopeless. Absolute crap. Yeah, but did, did any of the play- you talk? You mentioned a lot of the players. When you look at the game, did any of the players particularly disappoint you, or did any of them particularly I, look out I, of character? Because for me, it I, just it was consistent. It was consistently shit. I'll give you that. Pyatt was <laughs> Pyatt was garbage. Pyatt should not be near the starting eleven. Strootman and Stanson were about. About as effective as a chocolate tea. Uh, Lopez, Lopez started, didn't he? Ah, uh, shit. Sorry, was no. on the bench, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, Lopez was shit. Ron, did Ronjay start? He was yeah. There. So the, it was Ronjay, Streetman, and Lopez. I'm not sure if you can see the team sheet. Um, on the YouTube sections, on YouTube video, you'll probably see the team uh, sheet as advertised by Marseille. I don't think you guys well, can see it. Well, it was a diabolical trio anyway, and the defence was just useless. It was just like a gate. Just, there you go. There you go. There you go. Oh, you know, we witnessed a lot of defeats, but it was just weak. We showed no fight. They showed no effort. I don't know. We can all... Excuse me, I've got a little bit of a cough. We can all say that, oh, Vince Barrett, he needs time. He needs... But come on, mate. He's got Seriously, time. Seriously, you play that team? Well, we're, we're 10 I, games in now. He's, he's had time. He's had time yeah. and he's had a whole pre-season. Yeah, start, start picking up the stones and start throwing them again. Mm. Uh, you know, I thought it was just shocking. You know, I, I, this it was gar- decisions were Garcia-esque in stupidity. Yeah. You you play free in a midfield against Paris, and you play guns blazing in the first half, and you get ransacked four 0 and then you turn around and say, "Nah, well, that's not going well, lads. We're four 0 down. We're not going to get a point. Let's just park the bus." And you get a nil nil. Why wasn't this strategy at the start? We got a point out of these a few three years ago. We got a point. But we can't think. We cannot think. Okay, we're not going to win. Let's be realistic. Let's park the bus. I couldn't care if we played 90 minutes hoofing the ball left, right, and centre out into Paris area. What the friggin' hell was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, <laughs> there's some kids screaming out my window. <laughs> yeah, anyway. There was, um, if we had, I couldn't care less as long as we got a point. But no, they decided, nah, just go, just do what you want. Just, that's, that was his mentality. 
Yeah, it was pretty, pretty shambolic to be honest. So I think we'll, we'll probably go into the line-by-line -line analysis of the players. Um, just before that, I'll probably give my uh, my two cents on what I thought. Um, <laughs> everyone probably knows where I'm about to go. Go on, bash him, bash him, <laughs> go on. Go well, on, have another hit. I, okay, you know what? I'll start with the good sides. There's two things where I'll, I'll give Villas-Boas some credit for. The first one is I agree to a certain extent that there were a lot of individual mistakes made by the players. You know, Germain missed a, a very good chance. Benedetto, um, even though he was a bit alone a lot of the game, he did have a couple of ball interesting touches in, a, in their half and, you know, tried to be a little bit too cute with the ball. Um, Payet was nowhere to be seen. You know, he was supposed he was supposed to be the, the saviour after being out for four games. You know, that's what... That's who everyone was waiting for, you know. That's everyone was saying we lack creativity in the final third, and he will bring us that. And clearly, clearly he's left out of the McDonald's. But um, that's the one. No, whilst we're on that point, whilst we're on that point, is it me or did he look ten kilos heavier last night? I'm I'm not sure. I was trying to think about that actually. I'm not sure if it's his weight or if it's his haircut. <laughs> so also, it's it it's all those French tacos. Either way, he was wank. Yeah, he was wank. Yeah, he, so I'll give it. I'll give him. Shit. I'll give him a little for that. Like you can have a really great tactic if if the players let you down. At the end of the day, you can't go on the pitch out for them. So, yeah. Maybe, and the second no, he was thing, short of rhythm, short of rhythm as well. Yeah. There you go. And the second thing I'll give him off for that is, is basically maintaining and putting his foot down during the French media who are trying every six months to hype up this game as look classique, look classique, look classique. And you know, he said like, this is this is just any other game now. There's no rivalry between his two teams anymore. And even after the game, he got bashed by the Balcanal Plus for saying, you know, he took this game uh, not like what it is, not like the, the big event of the year that it is. But truth is, and he's right, there's, it, this is not a big event anymore. They've made a point of saying um, in the last four seasons, there's an average uh, of 26 points difference between Marseille and PSG at the end of each season. Um, we haven't won there in 11 years. We haven't won in total in, in eight years. There's no rivalry anymore, so I agree with that. But, and this is where I'm going to bash him, his tactics was nothing short of suicidal. It was you. You are. I'll recommend everyone to read um, an article that I retweeted this afternoon. Um, it's called Be "From Behind the Post." He was analyzing the the formation and the tactics of Villas Boas, who basically he showed that he played a four-five-one with Lopez and Rongier playing very, very far up the pitch to pressure Marquinhos and Herrera. But what it did is that it left Strootman completely alone to manage Mbappe, Icardi, and Di Maria, and. We played very, very far up the pitch to the point where we're playing basically our defenders on the halfway line with Kamara, Chaitatsar and Sakai, who are famous for not being able to defend against the three balls against basically probably two of the best players in the world at, at, at deep football and at, at three balls. We basically, AVB just said, you know what, we're going to press them very high, but not taking into account for the weaknesses of his players. And it, it's like... You're handing the ball to Verratti and to Herrera, who are one of the best in Europe at, at being playmakers, and to pass the ball to, to Mbappe, Icardi and Di Maria, who you give them 20 meters of space, and you basically play a one-on-one -on -one against Sakai and Bunesar. What did you think was going to happen? And when it's 3-0 and the 25th minute, you don't make any changes? 
Really? This this Gross. is what this is yeah. what we, we, we sacked Garcia for? This is what we've been braving on about Ivinas Boas, who's led us to being seventh in the league in the, one of the, the most mediocre league league ones that I've seen in my entire life. Really? This is guy, uh, this is pe- the guy pe- you guys are raving about. No, put put into perspective that yes, we're seventh, but we're still only three points off second place. So it, yeah, that that that's that may oh, become we're five point. points away from relegation Stop. too. You can spin it like that. It may, no, but it may become a valid point in the weeks to come where we Stop might find ki- ourselves further behind. But. <laughs> Ben, stop kissing his ass. I'm not. <laughs> For goodness sake, have you seen the table? We are close. We, we are close to relegation. The PSG. We are now. We're still three points behind. But let's face it, we ain't going to beat Leon. We ain't going to beat Leon. We are currently to the relegation zone. We are five points behind. We drop two games, and the other team behind us win. We're fucked. We're going to be in the relegation zone. And you're all saying. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Well, it isn't yet. It isn't yet, but it, it could be in three weeks. In two weeks, you, it could be what very are you two bad. Do, what are you two doing walking through the port of Marseille hand in hand, throwing rope pens at each other, <laughs> singing, everything's not going my way. Oh, what a beautiful morning. I'm not, I'm it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was... It was I, I, I watch Arsenal over here quite a bit. It, it felt like watching Arsenal away from home under Arsene Wenger in his last season, where he would set up like this. He'd go to places like Wolverhampton or Leicester, completely underestimate them, ignore what they were doing and think, right, we're going to play my tactic because that's the way we play. We're going to press them. We're going to try and play the same way away from home as we do at home. You can't fucking approach big games like that Wait, ben, against ben, teams like that. This could be very important for, 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 for from a medical standpoint. For your mental health, are you telling us that you support Marseille and Arsenal? Oh, Jesus. I, 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 I fear for your the mental cats, health. The, the cat's out for bag mouth. Yeah, but fortunately, I, I support Green Bay Packers and they're doing pretty well, mate. So you can you can look at Dallas and you can cry as well. That's fine. Yeah, come on, Lucas. You support the Cowboys. Sit down. You've got... <laughs> I, I, I am asking for asylum. I <laughs> After supporting the French rugby team, Marseille and the Dallas Cowboys, I, I'd rather... I'd rather move on from that. <laughs> all, all you need is Daniel Ricciardo in the Formula One if you want it perfect. <laughs> because, yeah. Right. So let's Enough move fact. on from the general impressions. I think we've talked in length about what we thought about the game overall. Let's move line by line and player by player. So just tra- from tradition, we're going to start with the goalkeeper, Steve Mandada, who did let in four, four goals, but conceded, well, basically managed to, to power away six other shots on targets and they were not easy shots to save i mean he pulled out four or five worldies in his game pushing the inevitable and finally cracked down and even when he did crack down he still didn't let go so uh, apart from his his usual i'm not sure if you've seen on twitter his uh his memed face uh after the third goal where he just looks completely just disgusted by our team i don't blame him what did you think of mananda i i've got two sentences very good performance. He, he saved our asses. It could have been six or seven and a half time as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, he, he saved some some shots that you probably would not have expected him to be able to save. And he let in goals from shots that you would probably expect him to save. So No, the, none of the shots. I, none uh, of the shots he know, could realistically save. The first chance, the first chance where he, he, he pushes the ball straight to Icardi is... You know that well. It, it happens sometimes. That that was probably the only sour note in his performance. But that yeah, he kept us in the game. There's no two ways about it. He saved that bacon. 
from from total embarrassment. Wasn't that total embarrassment? But it could have been a lot worse. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's a point when there's no return. There's no. There's a point where you conceding more goals doesn't doesn't increase the embarrassment. I think we we're pretty much at the top. Otherwise, if you tell me that there's, there's more levels of embarrassment to, to yesterday, uh, uh, <laughs> tell me now and I'll stop right here. Um, right, Ed, what did you think? He didn't play too bad, but he had an unenviable task. You know, st- trying to save shots from Messers, Icardi and Mbappe. I mean, he did face, they made a good point that he did face basically probably one of the striking, the best striking forces in the world at the moment. Yeah. He didn't do too bad. I mean, it could have. If it wasn't for him, if we had Johan Pelé, we would have conceded eight. With Johan Pelé, we drew nil nil. Yeah, but we did. They didn't have Icardi or Mbappe. They had Cavani. Yeah, yeah. We had half half decent defenders as well at the time. Yeah, and we weren't run by we weren't run by idiots. We still had a decent attacker as well. When Turban still there, who was on form. You guys forget that Pelé was once nicknamed Mister Clean Sheet. Yeah, and I, and I once had was once Finn. But hey, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on to the defense then? Because I don't think there's much to say. I mean, Mandanda, I, I, he was clearly the man of the match, wasn't he? He was. He, I feel so bad for him, and I do fear for for the future because it's it should it must be so disheartening to 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 play such a great game against the, your rival. You probably probably he he is I think the the Marseille player the most capped in the classique isn't he? He might I think he well, must be the, up he's there. The Marseille, he's the most yeah he is he's the most yeah. capped Marseille player ever anyway. But... Yeah, so it's it must be so disheartening to to pull out a performance like that and still concede for. I mean, I feel for the man at this point. Well, I feel yeah, I feel for him on that point as well. I agree because he's been here. He's been at the club what a total of ten, twelve years. And yeah, two thousand and seven. He came. How, how many times has he beaten them? Probably a handful, five, six. Yeah. It's just recently, for the last six, seven years, it's been humiliation after humiliation. And he's just, he, he probably probably goes into training the week before the game and practices picking the ball out the net because he knows it's inevitable. He must be a pro at that, though, from last season. But yeah, um, he's, just, he's just probably able to do it a bit quicker this season. Yeah. <laughs> right, should we move on to the back, back line? Fitness camp. So we, we played, like you said, so we played a 4 5 1. With, with our midfielders playing very high, which left our back four very, very, very exposed. Um, so you can't really fault them a lot in this game, but there were still some, some very stupid um, plays and mistakes made by our defence. Have you guys got a particular play in mind that you want to pick up on for this game? I'm, I'm not even going to bash Bunasar because he's, he's bang average and... It, and... But at best, he's bang average. He was shit last night, and that's it. That's the commentary. Beyond beyond his poor decisions defensively and, and getting arse raped by Mbappe, which is to be expected anyway, let's face it, a lot of defenders do, but he gave him half a yard, and, and you can't do that. But for me, the biggest disappointment was Kamara just got it completely wrong. He was he was too far from Icardi on the first goal. He His... his Attempts to play the ball out. He even ducked, dribble. didn't he? He ducked yeah, he, away. Yeah, he's, yeah, he seemed to, to sort of misjudge the ball or something. But he, he was poor. For me, he was poor. And there comes a point where we've got to realise that he, he we have overhyped this kid a bit. He will come good. He will be a good central defender, but he will never be world-class in my eyes. Or if he will be, it won't be at Marseille because 
he's not going to have the environment in which to progress. He's just he's he, he looked completely out of out of his depth, and that's the way it is. I think Chiletta Crow, in my eyes, had had I wouldn't say a decent game, but he he looked like a defender. He put in a few good tackles in the first half when he was involved and, and players were running at him. I don't think many players got past him in, in the game overall, if I remember. Um, so he, he was probably the, the, I wouldn't say the best, but the okay-ish performer in that defence. And then Sakai on the left, you know, he puts in a shift, but it's not his natural position. And, and it's starting to really... The, the, the problem is, is we put him there to fix the problem, which was Amavi being shit. But it, it, it just creates another problem because Bunasar's shit. Yeah, but Sekai so, was shit as well on his own. He didn't need Bunasar's help to be shit yesterday. No, no, he didn't. I and mean, the whole team was shit anyway. But it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the, main, the main criticism of the defence is, is, again, yes, you've got the instructions from the coach to play a high line. When you're 2-0 down after fucking 20 minutes, someone's got to take on the leadership role and say, right, guys, come on, let's, let's, let's try and... Let's sit a bit deeper. Let's stop fucking about. This is clearly not working. They're creating and creating, creating, and they're shooting at goal all the time. We've we've got to step back. We've got to we've got to sit a bit deeper. Call the midfielders back and change the system ourselves, because we, we we're just going to get raped. <clears throat> and the fact that there's a lack of leadership and nobody does that, nobody has the intelligence to say, oh fuck it, you know, let's just go again, go again, blindly throw ourselves into to the wolves. Somebody needed to step up and say... This is where I fought Villas Boas. No, it's his fault as well. No, it's completely his fault. But you see the big teams, like a team like Chelsea of old or, or United of old, if it wasn't going their way, Vinic or John Terry would step up and say, guys, right, let's let's change what we're doing. It's not working. Let's change it. Let's sit a bit deeper. Let's call the midfielders back. And that, that it just didn't happen. And they kept... After... After the second goal and the third goal, they were still pressing hot. Well, not, they weren't pressing because it was not effective at all because it was so disjointed. But they were still stepping up way too far. And it's that lack of football IQ that, that is really starting to piss me off about some of our players mm. beyond the manager's fault. All right, what did you think, Ed, about, about any of those players from the back four? Well, I've just quickly had a refresh of the highlights. Um, Sakai, I praise the guy a lot, but... Last night he was shite. He would he had a nightmare. The first he goal was, he was awful. For a guy who I rave about and who regularly say how great he is, he was bloody awful from the man that who I said was the best player of the year last year. Camaro was smoked twice by Icardi. Really badly. And Bunasar was just nowhere. Chaletta Char didn't make any effort really. And Bunas, oh well, we know what he's like, we know how bad he is, but I don't know, I don't know why we overhype Kamara, I really don't, I, we think he's the best French prospect at the centre-back position since Marcel Desailly, he's nowhere near Marcel Desailly level, he's not even fit for late Marcel Desailly's boots, they were all awful, it's like they could, it, they were acting like cows being herded into the slaughterhouse about to be exit about to be cut cut up and shaped up into steaks and all sorts of stuff delicious goodies we all get from the supermarket it was it was joke it was a joke of a performance at the back mm. i don't know what the, i don't know what those bars have been teaching them mm. obviously it's just concede let them go and do what you want at least we look pretty in the highlight reel 
Just, yeah. Just... I mean, picking up on your point, it, it, it's, it's true. Like, it's it, it seemed like they PG didn't even have to make up a game plan. We we basically identified their strong points, being the fact that their wingers are the, the best players, the most informed players, Di Maria and Mbappe. And we basically made it even easier for them to, to, to find space and even easier for them to do one-twos. And it, the, the amount of, of stupidity that our, our back four showed was incredible. If you go back to the first goal, Di Maria has the ball on the right wing. Literally, Di Maria is just like Robin. You know, you know he's going to get on his left foot. You know he's going to get on his left foot. You know he's going to get on his left foot. He does one dribble, and of course he gets on his left foot, and Sakai's covering the right foot, and he's three yards away from him. It's just like everyone in the stadium knew that that dribble was happening on the first dribble, and Dimir has got all the time in the world to get his get his body right, put that cross in, and 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 Ricardi scores easily. I mean, it's 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 rookie childish childish mistakes, and when you look he, at, um, he, he's, yeah. when you look at sorry. Kamara, who I'm sorry, but Kamara is praised as one of the biggest prospects in France. It's supposed to be you know like in line for for for, for you know to. To, to apply and 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 put his CV up to be in the in the future French squad, uh, he's supposed to be. Zubi earlier this week said he reckoned he was worth eighty million. Let's, well, let's just let's just set leave that there. Yeah. It, you know? When you look at it from that pers- when you when you look at it from that perspective, it's it, they he had a nightmare of game. Completely looked like a deer in headlight. But when you when you put him in the conditions where. He has to track balls 30 yards in his back, which everyone knows he's not capable of doing yet. You're not putting him in the right conditions to succeed. And Villas Boas just basically sent his back forward to the slaughterhouse. He did, he did. And, and on the final note, Di Maria, I've, I've slated him a lot over his career. He, he is on fire at the minute and he was... He is the best player in the guy in my eyes right now. He's just walking on water. The guy, not only as you say, you know he's going to go on his left foot, but you know he's going to put in a pinpoint cross as well. It's not like he's going to fuck up half his crosses. Every ball he got and every pass he made was decisive last night. He was cutting us apart, and fair play to him. He's he's just he's a he's a class above in this league and, and against us every time. Yes, uh, can I also add on? I, I will also say Mbappe was a class above t- last night. The he guy, always is. That guy's the kids. Yeah, are, 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 he's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean we can all. I mean he's the only player that I really admire on that side. If if I mean, you guys are gonna keep talking about this bitch, then I'm gonna stop this podcast. No, we'll keep going. <laughs> Sod it, mate. He won your World Cup. He's that good. No, I feel that I have to admire and say okay. It's going to be hard to stop him. I think even the world's best defenders struggle to stop Kylian Mbappe. So how the hell are those Schlitter shot? Well, tell me how the hell Rennes defenders, how how Da Silva and Ben Sebaini... He didn't play. Mbappe didn't play. He was injured, mate. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's let's move on to the midfield. So so like I mentioned earlier, the the the. Um, how the game turned out in the midfield was um, our trio of Streetman playing as a number six and Lopez and Ronger playing very, very far up the pitch when it came to pressing very high on Marquinhos and Herrera. 
which left Strootman very much stranded to, to fight off the the PSG counters. So my question to you guys is, is how did you think of our, our trio of midfield played and did you miss Morgan Sanson? No, and the trio was terrible. They were like a, a bunch of stale stale pastries you find in the back alley of Greg's. But t- tell me, uh, I was told that Streetman was was underrated and that he was the heart and soul of the midfield. <laughs> oh, here we go. Mate, you're just sending uh, me covert little missiles, aren't you? <laughs> I, I need someone, because apparently I don't understand anything about football, so, so, so someone <laughs> needs to explain to me what happened with your with your magic Streetman. He's not magic. He's, 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 he was never magic. He's decent against the small teams, but he's he's against the big teams. He is he will get picked apart, especially when he's left exposed and isolated he's by no, himself. He's no, no Luis Gustavo, that's for sure. Yeah, and even Gustavo on top form would have would have been would have gotten rinsed last night because our system was wrong. There was a, there was a gap. The gap was there, and and we've we've just ranted on about how overhyped Kamara is well Lopez is as well I mean I've said it time and time again I I did praise him last week because I thought he was good and I I did make the commentary that this is the test of has he taken a step up or not is he capable of it well on last night's game not at all not at all we'll see in the next two games and Angier was awful Angier was was absolutely awful garbage all of his decision-making, gar- yeah. All of his decision-making, he ran with the ball when he should have passed it first time. He was just fucking about completely. It's, yeah. it, well, it's simple, it, for, it, simple for Rangier. He gave the ball for the second goal, he gave the ball for the fourth goal, and he gave two other balls for very, very um, di- and like dangerous one-on-ones against Pandanda. He could have easily escorted us four goals by himself. Yeah, and it's well. He, he, I think he was a bit overeager. He was he was overeager to apply whatever Villas first told him to do, and that's that's why he got caught out because he he just, I think he got carried away, over enthusiastic, and then he he just had to really really you know he was it's like he took a bucket of ice on his head because he was they were a class above him and he he was getting rinsed by Verratti and Herrera, non-stop non-stop non-stop. He was just nowhere to be seen and. It's, it's hard to exist as it is against those players, but the way he played, he was just he was just running on foot to the gas, and he he, he didn't look concentrated. He just looked a bit desperate and a bit panicked. Yeah, Ed, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked Stefan and Ben last week, where we talked about Lopez, Bye. and I asked them whether. If and when Lopez had a, a bad performance against against PSG, um, do you keep him on the team sheet if healthy for the next three games, which are big big games against Monaco, Lille, and Lyon? So, what assessment do you make of Lopez's performance last night? Because he got subbed off at half time, yeah. and would you keep him on for the rest of the uh, the month? Shocking! It was, it was like he was playing with an anchor uh, tied on his boot. He, guy only really is only there because he's Marseille born and he will portray him as the great prospect who's going to be playing for the top European clubs in five or six years time I mean you hear every newspaper say oh this guy's going to Barcelona this guy's going here, 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 here. you can't even you can't even play well against the PSG what chance you got against Barca what chance you got against Juve and as for the question of whether I keep it whether I keep it aside would I bollock 
I would send him to the stands and think about what he'd done because he's the But what alternatives do we have? Well, well I don't know. Sosa, exactly. So, so that's that's it. That's why he's playing. Yes, he's from Marseille. But the fact is, our squad is bare. There is no alternative. So he's, we've got to play the players we've got, and they're, they are average. Play that's the it. kids. Play the kids for crying out loud. He is a kid. He is a kid. He's an overgrown kid. Overgrown <laughs> <laughs> kid. He looked like he stopped growing a few years ago, actually. But he, no, stopped, he's, he's, he's stopped, he stopped growing when he got out of the womb. Well, probably, but it's just he's too lightweight, and it's he, it is starting to tell that if he's not capable of, and you say if he's not, he can't perform against PSG. He can't perform against fucking Amiens. It's it's not just PSG. He he will have one out of five games. He'll be good because the opposition will give him time and space on the ball, which is what Strasbourg did last week because they're poor. And he, he, they made him look better than he is. And that is, that is going to be the story of his career, is that he's going to play against teams who will give him time. And, and that's when he'll look good. Yeah, I that's agree. It. Which is why I won't be as harsh as you guys. I, I think, I think which, is, which is why I brought up the, the, the question last week, I think we have a large enough sample size now about Lopez. He will progress when he's older, but I think he'll probably, I mean, he'll probably get better, but, but his traits will stay the same. Where, if we play teams that are on on level or below us, I think Lopez will shine in the in the midfield. But if we play teams that will physically bring a challenge and technically will be a class above us, like PSG, like Lyon, like Lille to a certain extent, and like Monaco, I think we know now we know better than to play him at least as a starter. And we seem to make the same mistake over and over again. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I, I agree with his assess- assessments. On that note, um, let's move on to, to the front three. Um, I mean, we we didn't we didn't even mention Jammer last week. Um, are you okay with doing the same? I mean, is there anything to talk about? I think um, I think he, he went early on when we were we were getting pegged back and we were just trying to trying to somehow find a way of playing it out from the back. Whenever Mondo that created the ball, he he went quite a few of his, his early headers early on. But after that, he was gone. And even the one thing that you usually praise about him is his effort and his, his sort of defensive work. And even that, he just he just looks like... He he, he seemed to have a sort of fuck-it attitude where he, he probably saw the first two goals and, and thought, what's the fucking point? You know, if Boone is going to be as shit as he is, why should I even track back? You know, this game's lost fuck it, I might as well stay up front and try and be an outlet of some sort. But this, uh, yeah, it's Jamal and Jamal. We know him now. All right, that was my minute of silence for Jamal's career at OM. (laughs) Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace indeed. Um, uh, if you have anything to mention, Ed, uh, you can talk about Jamal and then and then and then link lead us to Payet as well. Uh, Jamal, Mr. Sitter, that any other top striker who is a bit taller could have hit. It wasn't a sitter though. I'm not. It was not a oh, sitter. Oh come on! Any top striker could have nailed that in the top corner. Even nah. Troy, oh come on! Even Troy Deeney could have scored that. No way, oh, mate. Come no. on, really. This it wasn't a sitter. Been... It was a good chance, but it wasn't a sitter. It, it was. was he was his weak foot. It was bouncing. He hit it on the shin. Like it wasn't a sitter. Like they're talking about the Madrid game. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Nothing, nothing to do with the chance he had against Atletico where he's clean for on goal and he, he missed the target somehow. It's nothing to this. You can't compare it to that. Are you guys smoking crack? It was a sitter. For goodness sake. I, th- I think the ball... Ariel, it was a good Ariel, ball. It wasn't a sitter. Ariola was crapping himself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the big elephant in the room. And he is a sizable elephant at the moment. Dimitri Payet. What, what a shocking performance. That free kick he put in was terrible. He was nothing tonight. Last night, he was awful. It's like, he had decided... Our time, if well, four 0 down, I might as well just go off to a French taco restaurant, starve myself out, eat about six thousand of them, clean out the entire restaurant, come back and just put in something that I would do on a walk around the field when I'm walking with dogs, because that was just slow, slow performance. It was like waiting for a bus at rush hour at seven o'clock at night, or five o'clock at night. It's just terrible. This guy is supposed to be captain. This guy that we lost our shit when he arrived back from West Ham. In the two years he's been here, he's been underwhelming. He has failed. He has eaten like a pig. And he has not, for me, delivered on the money that we paid for him. This yeah, guy, at least, he's, at least he's, he's contributed to the local economy. That's the positive, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> contributed to Uber Eats' sales in France. Yes, maybe. I mean, I mean, he's not... I mean, I think people need to stop with that, with, with saying that he has not given us the money that we paid for. He's led us to Europa League final. In, in and out of itself, he's paid... For me, he's paid, like, the 30 million that we paid for him. Yeah, we paid 30 million to lose 3-0 against Madrid. Yeah, yeah, thirty million in thirty million in today's game, in today's transfer market for a playmaker at the level he was when we signed him back, he was he was smashing it. In the yeah, he's for me aside besides leading us to Champions League, which is ultimately the goal. He he's led us to an incredible European adventure, and he he's been inconsistent, but he has over the stretch of the last two years, he has strung probably an average of the whole year's worth of of high level international level play and I, I think he I think people need to stop with this narrative of saying that you know we're not getting the the 30 million that we paid for we have gotten the 30 million that we paid for and now we've stuck with the reality of, of a 31 year old man who's who's over not he's not overweight anymore I, I, I think that I think that's speaking no, okay. Okay, 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 okay okay I was a bit harsh calling him overweight do apologize. No, but I think I think I think aside from that, I think I think we've we have had our money's worth for Paya. That's the problem. We've yeah. we've had it, and for me, it's done. That's it. There's nothing more to expect from him. But he will he yeah. will shine occasionally. He will do his stats. Where he'll probably get between six and ten assists a season in the next two or three years. He will he will not produce what we saw him produce in that season where we ran, we had the run to the European Cup final. And, Everybody in the summer was like hyping him up, like, oh, Euro 2020, you know, there's, a, there's maybe a, a, a place for him in the France squad if he, if he buckles gone. up and he, and he goes. He just, he's, he's past it. He's over the hill. He's on the decline. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just the way it is. And that, that is going to be a big problem for us in the next two years because his wages are huge. He's, he seems to be happy just cruising along now. And we don't have and the it, players to force him on the bench either. He seems to yeah, be a exactly. perennial starter. Yeah. Do you think, uh, this is a question for you two, do you think Didier Deschamps 
who was sitting there last night, probably with a glass of wine, watching the game. Do you really think he would pick him for the Euro 2020 squad? No, there's no, not a single chance because it's it, Deschamps is already showing the, the weakness that all of the world champions have shown in the past, which is basically stick with your winning squad unless they've got an injury or, or significant bad attitude. So you already you have to be magnificent to break and steal a spot from one of those world champ like those World Cup champion, and I think Payet knows as well that he he's it's, he's incapable of, of climbing that mountain. So I think there's no chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and France played the same system we do, and if if that means that there well the, first of all that means there's no place for a number ten in in that system, and secondly. There are so many players that are ahead of him in the pecking order. Dembele, Kingsley Coman, they are just 10 times better than he is at the minute, but also in terms of potential. Just, they just offer something to the table, which is pace, crossing ability. And, and I think the one thing that we all thought that he had, which was which was world-class, that he's completely gone now, was his set-piece ability. But that, that's done. It's gone. He, when yep. is the last time he got he put in a good corner or a, or a good free kick on target and scored the goal from it? It's probably over a year ago now. Yeah, well, for that, we need the referee to actually give us the free kicks. But I think the ref was fine last no. night. I, I didn't see any any issues at all with the referee last night. For me, it was it was it yeah, was it fine. Was, no controversy. Yeah, yeah, it was no problem. Just standard. Fine. So let's let's move on to the final player. Um, to feel like we'll, play, we'll, we'll talk about Benedetto. We're a bit short for time, so I'll, I'll give you guys the floor if you want to talk about Benedetto. Ed, what, what did you think about his performance? You, you have mentioned it. You have covered it a little bit, but give us a bit of a in-depth. A... Uh, I just thought it was a bit rubbish. Mind you, we just had an offline. All strikers... All strikers do. Like, what is the real Benedetto? The one who scores great goals against Santa Tien... Or the ones who, like last night, just didn't turn up. And I he was—he want... was super—he was hyped up to be that man who rises up to big occasion. Yeah, we all, everyone was saying, okay, he might be. It's going to be a big map between him and Nekardi in the battle of the Argentinian uh, strikers. I didn't see much from Benedetto. He looked like he was scared. I don't want that from my striker. I don't want that from a guy who, I do believe and I still do believe that he is a good player he is a good striker but he has got to have more fight in him you know he's played in some he's played in the biggest game in world football Boca River Plate he never shied away from that he never shied away from putting the River Plate defenders under pressure I know it's different quality but he put the, got, put the ball in the back of the net when he was playing in those situations when you got 60,000 screaming fans who would happily kill each other. You know, he never did, he never showed any weakness. But last night he was weak as a kitten, and he's he's got to be more consistent. He's got to be more consistent. I'm not going to be he's harsh. Awesome, on him I'm not. I'm not going to be harsh on him because I know he's he didn't have much delivery, but he's got to do a lot better. He's got to be more confident. He's got to. Say to his players, come on, give me the ball, give me the ball, we've got a chance here, we've got a chance here. If you're not delivering, if you're not perking up, we might as well just, we must just go home. Because That's... we... Go ahead, go on, you for... go... No, no, you finish first. off, finish off. But it's just, well, Wait. I'll go on. He's, he's starved of, of service. He's isolated. We're asking him to do a job, which is what we've asked of Germain and we've asked of, of Mitroglou, which is go up top by yourself and hope for the best. Hopefully you'll get some balls in the box, mate. 
we, you can't play in a system like that, whether it's PSG or anyone, and leave your number nine completely isolated. And, and Gassia did it for too long, and, and now AVB's doing it, which is over-reliant on them to create something or hold the ball up and play someone else in, which, let's face it, Benedetto has been very good at this season. He's picked up a few key passes for, for his teammates in, in the last few games and set up a few scoring chances for others. But he can't do that all the time. We can't put the burden on that striker to create to create something for himself. And, yes, you mentioned he played Bucca River. Look at the plays he's had around him at Bucca. You know, he, he, they were a team who was his foot on the gas, one of the best teams in South America. They play football and they were giving him ball after ball after ball. And that's, for me, I, he's on the, I wouldn't say same level, but he's similar profile to Icardi. A fox in the box, you, you give him the ball in the right position, he will score it nine, nine times out of ten. But look at the number of chances Di Maria and Mbappe created for Icardi last night. And, and the way they combine, we are not capable of doing that. Our front three have never been able to combine in the last three years the way that the PSGs did in, in 20 minutes last night because they're not good enough. It's just not compatible. But also, I think systemic from a system point of view, tactically, again, because you don't give the ball to him in the right position, you can't expect him to create a miracle. And that's the main difference between Icardi's performance and his last night. If you give him the chances Icardi had last night, he'd score the goals as well. Of course he'd bury them. Mm. But the fact is, he's not getting the balls. And as a team, we're not at that level. We're not producing that... that 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 football or, or putting him in that situation, and that's that's the analysis of him. Full stop. We'll see in the next two games. I think he'll get a goal in one of the next two games. But again, if we don't try, and again, as we, we discussed Payet, Payet comes back. Everybody's expecting him to be the miracle maker. He's going to pick out three assists a game for Benedetto. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So I think we'll 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 move on. I don't need to give my opinion on it. I think Benedetto yesterday was. A complete victim of of Villas-Boas's system, where he was completely alone and starved of of the ball. So I think we'll probably move on. We'll we'll do just the usual takeaway, but I'll be a, a bit stricter on you guys. I, I will ask you to keep to, to to the short, you know, the usual thirty seconds because we are a little bit rushed for time. Um, I'll start with you, Ben, actually, because you you just had a you just talked to, so you probably already. I'll do, up. I'll do ten seconds. I'll do ten seconds. What's your takeaway um, from yesterday? We we cannot. I hope. AVB has understood you, you can't approach the next two games in the way you approached the game last night, whether it's tactically or whether it's from a personal point of view. And, and that, that's what I mean by the, the, the boys he puts on the pitch. He can't, he can't approach the next two games because we, it will be similar results or similar performances where we look clueless and we don't create chances. All right, Ed, what's yours? The next few games are going to be the time for real leaders to stand up and take action. We have to go for these. We have got to beat Leon. We have got to beat Leon. In the immortal words of John Major, <laughs> it's time to put up or shut up. And that is how I think we need to play. If you're gonna not, if you're not gonna turn up, if you're not gonna give a grind, if you're not gonna perk up, just stay in your locker room and just sit there while we go and try and get the three points. That's how I want to see this team play. Turn up, fight for every kick every ball every chance must be in our favor mm. we have got to keep this going now because this is the crucial point forget what happened yesterday we've got to move on we've got to go on and beat leo we've got to beat leo and we've got to get the three points against every little team that we play because right now we are in the shit 
All right, cool. And then, uh, so my takeaway is just, I think I highlighted this a few weeks ago, but I think, and I'm sad to say it, but I think this is this is as good or as bad as it's going to get for the rest of the season. I think we're going to miss out on Champions League football yet again um, for many reasons. I mean, you know, there are some some mitigating circumstances. We don't have Payet. It's probably going to be out for the better part of the year. Um, we have had injuries, had suspensions. We we are lacking depth, but we're also lacking creativity from both off the field and on the field. And it's clearly costing us. And I don't see a way that, that, that it's going to get better, whether it's from transfers in the winter window, because we clearly don't have the financial efforts to do that. Um, whether it's from like firing a coach, which is not possible because we paid so much for him. So I think we're going to continue on this trend um, until the rest of the season. And we're going to miss out on Champions League yet again. Um, right, so I think um, we might just get over the the, the next game um, on Wednesday, uh, Monaco, Marseille, and then on Sunday we've got Marseille against Lille, um, because I believe, Ben, you want to talk a little bit about McCourt, is that right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, we, we know the next game is what they are, we've, we've discussed it at length in the last few weeks, so look, we, if, we, if we play like last night, we're fucked, that's the, that's, that's the, the message for the next two games. Yeah. McCourt... Can you imagine the guy so sitting next to Iro in the stands last night and, it, and you're 4-0 down before half-time and you, you must, you know, if I'm him, I'm looking at Iro going, what the fuck is this? So what what is going on? So apparently he's, he's going to stick around for the game against Lille as well. So what what is going on? Why is he why is he now suddenly reappeared when, yes, you can imagine it's probably for the, you know, the stardom and... and the fact it's the big games and all it's the got nothing coverage. to do with, with football. What he's here, of course, of course, and that's 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 what concerns me the most is that he's completely fucking absent when it's going to shit, and he reappears when there's big games and he seems to just pop into the stadium, enjoy the free cocktails, and then fuck off back to the states again. And we we all complained about Marguerite Louis Dreyfus and, and, and about Robert Louis Dreyfus to an extent at the time. But at least they were always there, and they were on the on the ground in the city, going to the games and being present, and staying involved actively. And you, you sort of wonder, well, you don't wonder. We know what his game is. He's there for the property. He's in he's in Marseille to to get the the Parc Channel and to build his expand his property empire. But you, that is that is major concern because it's not what we were promised. It's not. It, look, our, our opening fucking jingle. His statement is. We're here with, for the OM Champions Project. What the fuck, mate? There is no OM Champions Project. There's no OM Project, full stop, because of him and because of Iro. And it's we've got two absolute clowns in charge who do not care about football. They clearly don't have a clue or give a shit about what's going on on the pitch. And, and that really, really concerns me because it looks like a never-stop-gap before hopefully he sells the club on in two, three, five years, who knows, and we get someone serious in who does give a shit. Ed, any any nice word of poetry for Arena? Uh, we always say that we're going to get someone serious. I mean, did anyone really believe we'd win another Champions League at the court? Well, at least right appearing, yeah? Well, hang on a minute. I mean, Tappy was the first one to perk up and say... He's only investing at 80 million. That's too low. And I feel 
we haven't had a proper owner who's delivered everyone's demands since Tappy. I know I hero worship him and rave about him and think he's the best thing since sliced bread. But the guy did deliver success and he delivered in a big way. McCourt just doesn't seem like he can do it. And Ero is a puppet. Ero is just someone who sits there, puts on a straight face and goes, well, we've we've got, got a new jeans company in to put this limited range that no one in Marseille can afford. Or the average Joe, because it'll be priced about £300 for a pair of undersized jeans that not even Helena Christensen could fit in. But of course, it's it's good publicity. There's an, they just don't seem interested. They seem like, oh, we've got to go. We just have to be there, because if we don't, Canal Plus are going to be swirling on us like ants, wondering what's going on. It's What is the point of this project? What is the real end goal? To look like clowns to finish sixth, to get into the Europa League playoff and then lose somewhere like I don't know Stoy Bucharest. Well, What's I think f- football is football is is very much secondary <coughs> at this point to, to to the direction, and and this it's, which is why I'm 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 campaigning against Zubizarreta leaving because he he he's revolutionising our youth academy and it's the only resemblance of football and of good news that we've had in the last three years of ownership yeah i seldom agree with that if zuby leaves the ship sinks because mccall who knows probably nothing about football probably never watched the game before he fought marseille will probably sit there and think right i've got no one here that i know i'll have to just bring in some yes man that arrows recommended who he somehow probably met on a cocktail party in I don't know, Paris in 2006, brings him in, we then fall apart, we go down, and then we just finish 14th every season. There's nothing there. There's no footballing brains. Mm. I mean, McCourt, McCourt, I'll add another point. McCourt has history. He did wreck the LA Dodgers. And fans were protesting outside the ground on game day. Mm. This is going to happen to us. It certainly, certainly looks that way, doesn't it? We're going to fall. We are his next wipeout point. At the moment, we are screwed. We are going to be LA Dodgers 2.0, but on the industrial stars style scale of embarrassment, lack of finance, lack of, lack of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lack of investment. The way he's going, he just doesn't look interested. He just looks like he wants to be somewhere else. He looks like he would rather be up Mont Ventoux on a bicycle in the burning hot weather, you know, riding up this bloody mountain. Hmm. But he, it, it's like trying, with McCourt, it's almost like he's trying to rock horseshit up out Duez. It's not happening. But he's not helped by the fact that Barrow has been supplied by Monsieur Ero, who is <laughs> not, who is not, who is clearly clogged him for flogged him for a stack of dollars. But it's interesting, Both. isn't it? Because Garcia's taken Eero and Zuby for a ride, and now and clearly Eero's taken fucking McCord for a ride. So yeah, it's not, Villa... you sort of look at it, don't you? And you go, who the fuck's in charge there? Who's going who's gonna to wake up and smell the bacon and go, this smells like shit? <laughs> they need more than bacon, mate. They need weed, they need coffee, they need most foul-smelling cheese on earth to recognise, hang on a minute, something's not right here. And poor Villas Boss, I know we keep 
let's not let's not discard the fact that he was awful last night as coach, as manager and his tactics were all wrong. But he's got a gun to his head. He makes one point out that this is not right. He will be sacked, and we will have yes men. Ruiz, you know what he's been doing? Yeah, but he's been doing that. He has been he has been openly critical of them. He, he reminds me a little bit of Bielsa and his approach sometimes, where he's gone, hey, well. I know there's no money, and clearly there's been some fucked up investments in the past which have put the club in this situation. And he said it the other day. He said, "God help us if we don't get third place, because mm. what is going to happen to this team?" Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be a message to the board. Spend yeah, and is, now always screwed. Can you imagine someone like him? He's walked into the club, and he's like, he's looking at it. The guy's been at Chelsea, he's been at Porto, he's been at Tottenham, he's been at proper football clubs, and just for, ignoring his record, he's been at proper clubs with structure and leadership, but he was walked into this shit show and he must be waking up in the morning going, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. But he's, he's been at places like Zenit, which have been having ever loading, <coughs> have an, a never-ending sum of money. If he wanted to play it, the owners just said, yeah, fine, no problem, we'll, we'll try and make a purchase. Mm. But he's now going to go in and he's going to try and ask, I fancy this player here and here. I go, well, hang on a minute, we haven't got any money, mate. We're still paying for Pirates' wages, we're still paying for Streetman's wages. No, yes. you don't need them. You've got Jordan and Harvey. You don't need the left back, Andrew. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't remind me of him. All right, Maybe. guys. So I'll give you final words, um, and then we're going to cut off the cut off the, the podcast, if you if you guys don't mind. Yeah, cool, go ahead. Are you right? Well, what final words are there? What final words? Are well, my there final word, words? and I'll probably you end on this, it. is that I'm not sure if you saw, but it, uh, towards the end of the game, there was this interesting young player that came on the pitch. Uh, what was his name? Jordan? Jordan Amavi? He looks yeah, like a nice little a nifty left back, doesn't he? Yeah, he must be a new signing. He must be a new on signing. A serious note, on a serious note, Male Ake, I reckon we he should be starting on, on Wednesday because... Benedetto is suspended. Yeah, um, it's a cup game. I, I, the guy's got a good record in the reserves. I, I want to see him get some game time, and, and I want to see what he can do. Exactly, I would do. Right. Well, um, on that note, um, we'll probably leave, this, leave uh, you there. Uh, hang on a minute. You, you, you haven't heard from me. Oh, go on. Mate, last word. <laughs> I think, Have I you think, not spoken enough? Shut up, Lucas. <laughs> um, I think we need to play more of the reserves. Tomorrow, I really sorry on, on in the midweek. Yeah, it's a big chance, yeah. really. We can push on for the league cup. I never thought to say this because I think the league cup's a waste of time. But we need more of those reserves in, and they need to show themselves that they are worthy. Because right now, the establishment, established players are not doing a good enough job. We need these youngsters to turn up, and so far, I think they've got a good chance. If they if they can play all right, if they can keep their heads, they keep calm. We should have no problem against Monaco. I really do. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. So thank you very much, guys. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, a lot of things that we talked about from the PSG game to kind of the wider situation. We seem to always talk about the wider situation. But we talked a bit more in depth about my court and the situation with Arrow and a bit of our concerns. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll, we're not going to see you again on Wednesday after the Monaco game because we don't do midweek podcasts. But we will see you after the Marseille-Lille game where we'll talk about the Lille game and we'll probably um, mention some flashbacks of the Monaco game, hopefully after a cup win 
and uh, maybe maybe giving us hope of winning one final Coupe de la Ligue trophy before uh, it gets scrapped. Um, on that note, Jeez, it's Halloween. It's Halloween, Lucas. It's not April Fools, mate. Don't don't go believing we're going to win both the next games, mate. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> uh, trust me, I have no hopes that we're going to win it. I have, if someone in the world that doesn't believe in Villas Boas, it's me, along with all the Tottenham fans and all the Chelsea fans and all the Zenit fans and all the Shanghai fans. So, thank you very guys for watching. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow our um, Marseille View Twitter page. Um, and then follow our speakers. So we've got Ben uh, at uh, Immortal Wombat 91, um, Ed, which is Ed Spencer's 1996, and yours truly, OM Magic Johnson, uh, on Twitter. So uh, thank you very much. 99, and, mate. Um, 99, mate, not 96. <laughs> 99. Self promotion, mate. I, I, gave, I gave Ed three years old, but I mean, yeah, so Ed Spencer 1999. Thank you very much for watching okay, and guys. see you next Monday. Yeah, cheers, bye. Right, cheers, guys, bye.